Welcome everybody to a, another edition of Lost the Handle podcast. We today are uh, casting on a Tuesday, right in the middle of the first play-in game of the NBA playoffs this year with the Hawks and the Heat playing. And right now the Hawks are up, I think by nine with maybe four minutes to play in the wow. oh, it's end of the third. Okay, so my, my stream's a little bit behind. Oh, it looks like the Hawks are up by 13 at the end of the third. You think the Hawks got it and they're going to go in and play? Uh, I guess they're going to be playing um, Celtics. I mean, it, it sort of seems like this. Uh, if I'm a Boston Celtic fan right now, I'm really happy. Um, you know, like one, two things that come to mind, like, like what is the man, the, the Heat role players? Like, I, I don't know what to think of them. You know, I think Jimmy and Ben and then, so like the heat are they just not legit what do they do going into the off season and then two like um yeah just uh like is quinn snyder an, an amazing coach i mean trey young like looked like a loser last year i think in a couple games he scored under 10 points and and mm-hmm. he's breathing life into this hawks team that got shitted on by the the heat last year to the point where trey young wasn't paying attention at timeouts he was just quitting right and the Heat last year, I remember we were singing all of their role player praises. There was uh, Caleb Martin, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Robinson, Shrewd, Vincent, yeah. right? Like they all look so good. And this year, they've been borderline replacement players with their eighteen million dollar man Duncan Robinson, literally unplayable uh, this year in key games. He's not an yeah. NBA player anymore. He's a shooting specialist who can't shoot, right? Like 34% I mean, on unguarded threes. I mean, right? That's What are they going to do? So he's got, what, two more years left, I think, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. At least one, if not two. What do you see the Hawks, or the, not the Hawks, assuming the Heat lose, which I think they're it's trending in that direction. And even if they do, I, I guess the, the conversation needs to be kind of reeled in a little bit if they play – well, I mean, this is, a, this is their final quarter of the season, potentially. I guess if they lose, they have to play the next game, right? Next game, and they could, but the, they could potentially not be in the playoffs. I mean, right. I, I think this is a really tough time where you take a hard look in the mirror, and I don't think this is going to happen. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, another year on the books. Duncan Robinson, two more years after this on the books, or maybe three even. I forget. I think they signed um, him for a four-year deal. Four-year deal, but that was two years ago. I think so, right? right. So I think two more years after this. um, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, unrestricted free agents, um, and they're already up against the luxury tax with Jimmy Butler's big contract. And it felt like to some extent the Heat might be the one team that kind of – I don't – like I've always said this about Damian Lillard and Brad Beal, where it's just like when you play a player that's top 15 – in Bradley Beal's case, top thirty. Like I don't think Bradley Beal was. Maybe he was top fifteen at some points. I mean, he was he was in a competition for a scoring title. But when you play a top fifteen player, like you keep extending them on a super max, it just makes the path so slim to be an actual championship contender. And it kind of looked legit with like Jimmy Butler. Like they had Tyler Hero was a great draft pick, and so he was a rookie playing well in the bubble, and mm-hmm. which you rarely get rookie production from. And you know, but. Hero, Butler, and uh, Bam all played well this year, and the role players gave them nothing, and they're right up against the cap. I think you sell Butler. Um, I I just – I don't think there's a path forward for this team and its current iteration to be a championship team. 
Um, it's going to cost you capital to get off of Kyle Lowry. It's going to cost you capital to get off of uh, Duncan Robinson. And beyond that, it like, so if you act, I personally would take a risk if I'm a, I'm a young gun cupping team on Shrews and Vincent as unrestricted free agents, like mm-hmm. eat the max they can give them, I think is the MLE. Right. So it's just like, fuck it. I'd offer Max Shrews four years, 48, something like 12 a year, gave Vincent maybe four years, 40, like on a rebound season. Like they're more than worth it if they give you last year's production, but the Heat can't match those contracts because Mm -hmm. of the current cap situation, unless they spend big capital. And again, they've already traded a lot of future assets to get off of Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. I think, and I doubt the Heat will do it because they've always been an organization that has always tried to compete regardless you know after lebron they were trying to compete right you know i mean they're they're a classy organization that's built themselves around this identity of always competing never give up always fighting like always play hard right so it's hard for me to see them trading jimmy butler but that's 100 the move i would do i would start to build around hero and bam um you know sit back a little bit maybe tank a year or two may not tank but like you know like take a step back to see a path forward, you know, so you can eventually take two steps forward. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, do you think at this point tanking for a couple of years with Bam and not to say he's not a great player, he's still fairly young. He's 25 this year, mm-hmm. but in three years, all of a sudden you look at the center who doesn't necessarily, I'm not going to say he's in, uh, you know, injury history, but I think, with his style of play, there's a potential for, you know, kind of a, and we've talked a lot about players with athleticism as their key attribute. Sure. And Bam is a 6'9", 6'10", athletic center. All of a sudden you yeah. lose a step in your athleticism. What kind of player is he? And Butler... I mean, he's he's nothing, right, if he does lose that step. Because, like, his biggest crong is he can guard anyone on the court with his, like, at his size. He's 6'9", but can guard guards and guard centers and guard forwards. And they need him for that paint deterrence, right? Like, if, if Bam loses a step, effectively, he's got he's a player with an offensive ceiling, right? Like, yeah. maybe he could be a Draymond Green number two on a championship team. He's, I, just, I not, he's so. just not that guy. He's just not that guy. He's not, I mean... You don't think so? I don't think so. I think he's a... He's a great player, but I think Draymond a great, incredible defender. A, yeah, right, right. He could be a defensive glue, but then you look at the contract that Butler signed his extension. Next year is a forty-five, forty-eight. His final year as a player option is fifty-two million dollars. I mean, do you see a team willing to even take him on at this point? Maybe you look I at a team the, like the Knicks or something. I don't know. Like exactly, that's exact. I was thinking two teams if they don't win it this year, Knicks, right? One like Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau go way back. He would be a, an immense upgrade over RJ Barrett. Like I'm not saying in RJ Barrett represents a, a younger option for the heat to move forward. Maybe a RJ Barrett and Julius Randle for Butler trade. Another mm-hmm. trade that kind of struck my mind. If the Nuggets don't win, which I personally don't think they will, you know, Jimmy Butler's a great defender, at least a great team defender, maybe not the best on ball, but, um, something around Jamal Murray or Michael Porter for him. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, like I, as a, as a, I think a lot of teams that are near the top or would, would want Butler. Yeah, and I agree. and the, I he agree. could get younger players that fit a timeline of Bam and Hero a little bit better and 
you know, you don't, you never know. And Jimmy Butler, a lot of his game, I mean, is built around athleticism, right? His ability to get mm-hmm. to the free throw line and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it, if I, again, if I'm the Heat, I'm for sure selling. I guess it depends on what the market, but if I can get a, a better, or not a better, but a younger player with the upside and some cap relief, get off of Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry in the process, maybe some draft capital. Like, I'm not turning, I'm not, I'm listening at the very least. I'm not going to hang yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, they, again, well, last year we thought they were, I mean, two years ago, they were, well, even three years ago. I mean, they've been pretty competitive. The they were in the championship years. in the bubble, right? Yeah. And they took a step back, but then they were back to a one seed last year. And and, right. and so maybe right. it's just every other year. Maybe they'll be fine next year. All of a sudden, Kyle Lowry will resurrect and gave, and then they'll get Gabe Vincent and Max Drews on super cheap contracts after their awful years. Although I doubt it. I, I do think those guys, someone's going to take a flyer on them. They showed yeah. in 2022 sure. they're good players. Sure. What do you think about it's kind of a random thought here where once these kind of quote-unquote unknown guys show promise and not just show promise but show the ability to contribute to a winning team team stops necessarily disregarding those players and so when you bring them back on for the second and third year all of a sudden they're like okay these guys are legit we can't just sit back and like Gabe Vincent shoot open threes for example yeah you know and so they give him a little bit of respect whereas that first year you kind of find these unrestricted free agents and you're like oh I don't know who this guy is there's no scouting report, so I don't really know how to play him. But I know who Jimmy Butler is, so I'm going to dummy double Jimmy and let let this other guy be open. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I mean, these guys are. I agree. At the, NBA, no. at the NBA level, it's hard to really. You're splitting hairs, right? It is, and it's 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 really it's the, one of the hardest things to evaluate, right? Like going into the season, Jordan Poole after last year's production looked like a great contract. Looked like the Warriors got him on a bargain, right? After this year. I mean, is that is he a is he a positive asset on that contract? It's hard to say, right? Like, so what yeah. was last year the outlier, or was this year the outlier? Like, right. it, you never really know when players get. But I think there is some truth to that. I think the Heat role players that you know they kind of let them shoot. They said, you know what, we're gonna let Struess and and Vincent beat us. We're gonna beat them on Hero and in Bam. But now they've got more respect. And I mean, there's something to be said. Like these players are having down seasons like significantly down seasons that have to be paid attention to i probably would still take a flyer on them but i don't think you can just throw out this season i think it's pretty representative sure. of sure. There's the the kind of player they are to some extent sure. yeah i mean they're here only down six right now so they there's still time uh about eight minutes to play um so and the next game we have tonight is minnesota versus la <laughs> and if anybody was paying, if I, well, if anybody was paying attention this weekend, Minnesota effectively imploded, and there's like six of their dudes who are missing this game. So Basically. Rudy Gobert got pissed off because apparently Kyle Anderson was talking shit about him being lazy or something, and Gobert was he was calling him a back. bitch. He was like he was saying, yeah. he kept saying bitch over like why are you being such a bitch? Go block some shots, and Gobert was saying why don't you rebound? He's like you little bitch ass fool. Go block some shots. That's yeah. your fucking job. He just kept calling Gobert a bitch, apparently. And so, bitch, and so Gobert, excuse me, punched him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if a punch is kind of that's that's embellishing it a little bit. It was more yeah. like a, okay. it's more like a shove, if I'm going to say anything. Yeah, um, a rough shove, a fist yeah. shove, a shove yeah. with a fist. Yeah, but long and short of it is, there's Gobert got sent home. He's not playing tonight. And then Jaden McDaniel's was walking back for whatever reason, decided to throw his hands out at something and fractured his hand. No. So what happened with McDaniels, and I actually do feel for him, because I think 
He was hitting what he thought was a curtain. He didn't realize there was yeah. anything behind the right, curtain. Right, right. But right? I guess why was he? Obviously, they were all they were all jacked up on adrenaline. Sure. I mean, there was some team shit at the halftime. It's very, but I do actually feel bad for that guy. Like, I think hitting a, a curtain when you're frustrated is a fine reaction or yeah. a somewhat acceptable reaction. How shitty did it have to be that there was a wall behind a, yeah. a nice belt like that a he saw or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. They, those two are out. Nas Reed broke his wrist like last week or something. Dunking. So he was we, out. That was in the Warrior game, wasn't it? We saw that, or uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who was or when he broke it, or who he broke it against. Uh, but he's out. I think he's out for the basically the playoffs, the right? He broke yeah. his wrist trying to dunk. Yeah. Um, so basically, it all falls on to Anthony Edwards against LeBron. And Kat, and Kat's playing, right? Kat, uh, actually. I heard he might not be playing. I he was questionable, but like he's gonna play. He's playing. Oh, he's oh yeah. So he's day to day. Um, but I mean, Cat is kind of still kind of coming back from being out for two thirds of the season. Effectively, he had a calf injury, so maybe Question. I don't know. It's a little bit of rust. Like obviously not in transition because of the age LeBron is. But do you think like say it gets to the fourth quarter and it's close? Do you think LeBron can guard Anthony Edwards in a half court setting like after a timeout? Um, sure. Why not? I think. I mean, I think that's when LeBron decides to put energy into it is, that kind of it stuff. Is what he does, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they got to be playing Vanderbilt and AD crunch time minutes, yeah. right? And you put for Vanderbilt, sure. And Vanderbilt put, on Edwards, you yeah, have to all, put yeah, Vanderbilt exactly all exactly. game long until yeah. the end. Maybe you go LeBron, yeah. right? And I mean, I think they consider. I mean, you still have Cat, but they're depending on how things go. You could consider playing a box and one. And just shut Anthony Edwards out because then you're like, I actually telling you put Anthony, you, you make Cat do everything. And if he's going to be going inside, then you have AD there. Otherwise, you're, I mean, granted, Cat uh, did win three point contest. Uh, it was the last year, I think it was. Uh, yeah, but, but he takes four a game, right? Like, he's yeah. Not... And we've seen him. I mean, I'm hesitant to call call any NBA player soft. But if there's any NBA player we're going to call soft, he's the it's going to be Cat. It's going to be he's, called Cat. And he's been called soft since even before high school. And then right. there was this idea that, oh, he went to Kentucky and Calipari hardened him. Nope. Like, Thibodeau yeah. couldn't get any defense out of that guy. Yeah. He's soft. Like, yeah. So we'll see. And it's probably – I mean, this is one of the biggest games of his career, quite frankly. Last year they played – they lost in the play-in, right, I believe, last mm -hmm. year. They played in the 9-10 game, and then they yeah. lost in the – uh, the second playing game. So they, I mean, this is, I think, bigger than their second game last year because this is a chance to get play the two seed, which would be the Grizzlies, I believe. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, but we'll, we've seen time and time again, Cat just kind of, I don't know, is folding the right word? Just not performing. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but he's just not performing. And I think Anthony Edwards is a guy who I want to have the ball. I want to give him the ball. I think. I think he's built for these types of moments, personally. I agree. But then you, you but then you throw, throw Vanderbilt at him, and all of a sudden you're like, now you're yeah, waiting on slow So I think if you're Lakers, you put eighty on Cat, and you put Vanderbilt on Edwards, right? At least for most. Just of the mirror game. their minutes, basically, right? Yeah, and then. You know, and then they don't have the shooting now, right? So, like, I think you have to play Kyle Anderson um, at the four. Because I think he guards LeBron. Like, Slow Mo's a good defender. 
Uh, who are some of the other guys that are going to see minutes? Torian Prince, Mike Conley. I think Mike Conley could be the difference maker. So just to clue you in, clue the audience in, I took the Wolves by the spread, eight and a half points. So if they lose by eight points or less, I actually like, I think this is the Chris Finch. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think it's going to be a revenge yeah. game. He knows how to attack Beasley. He knows super hard how to attack D'Lo. I mean, he literally went with Jordan McLaughlin over D'Lo yeah. in, the, in the stretch run last year. And he knows how to isolate Vanderbilt's few deficient weaknesses and definitely offensively knows how to get him out of place, right? So I think Chris Finch, I think of him as a hell of a coach, maybe not the best player's coach, obviously, right? Because the fight that broke out in his bench the other day, but one of the (laughs) best X's and O's coaches out there. And and I think, you know, I mean, I think, I, you kind of talked about it like LeBron AD. They, they don't have like the best chemistry in the world. I don't like LeBron so much in his clutch times. It's becoming a Laker. It's a lot of dribbling and deep shots. <laughs> you know, this isn't like Heat or Cavs LeBron we're talking about. Um, so for me, it's just, I see a lot. I think that the this is going to be an interesting game, more interesting than people believe. Um, and, and, I, and part of it is me just believing that in the half court, the best scorer on either side, I think now is Anthony Edwards. I, I just, you know, That's again, cool. like I, if it got into crunch time, I think I'd take him over LeBron or AD. All LeBron AD are much better all around players, but like to get you a bucket at the end of the game, I think it mm-hmm. might be, it might be Ant for me at this point. Um, I think they're going to struggle with his athleticism. I think he's going to really run. I hope they really push it in transition. I hope sometimes they go small today, especially since they don't have go bear. Like let uh-huh. like, I think Edwards can run all over this old Lakers team, you know, and you can't yeah. guard him with Austin Reeves. You can't guard him with Dennis Schroeder. And I think Mike Conley is going to have a lot of effectiveness attacking D'Lo, the player who's traded for. I, I just think it's going to be a really interesting game. And I think there's a good chance for the Wolves to take it out. But if not, I think it's going to be close to the end. Yeah. And I think Schroeder is listed as injured day to day. He might not even play tonight. Um, but even better, right? Like I think I would rather have Schroeder on the court than Beasley or um D'Lo to end the game no joke just because like both of them are better shooters than shooter but I just I think they're really vulnerable defensively yeah and it's interesting you mentioned the um revenge game because we have uh Vanderbilt and Beasley both who were former Wolves, Wolves on the Lakers and guess who's D'Lo too get yeah D'Lo and guess who's a former Laker on the Timberwolves Matt Ryan. <laughs> so he's going to be he's like, shooting. you cut me. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. What if he actually gets minutes? Yeah, it's like, like six threes some... or something like that, dude. I mean, they need some type of shooting today, right? Like, where's it going to come from? Torian yeah. Prince, you know? Yeah. Like, he's going to be their only shooter. Yeah, basically. Matt Ryan, let's go. Get yeah. it, Matt Ryan. I think every, I think even Lakers fans would be okay if they got defeated by Matt Ryan. They're, yeah. like, they're, their best thing is always white kids. <laughs> yeah. Undrafted white kids is what they do yeah. best in Laker land. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kobe and then the undrafted white dudes. Kids, exactly. Caruso Matt, and Austin Reeves. And give me a yeah. little Matt Ryan. Yeah. I mean the Lakers though in their la- they're basically in their last 28 games I think I saw they Best won 18 defense, of them. right 
Yeah. And, and the best defense, I think, since they've acquired Vanderbilt in the league. That, you know, I mean, he's incredible as a yeah. number two. But, like, he also presents – I mean, Lakers don't have shooting either, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Vanderbilt's not going to shoot. LeBron, I guess, is probably their best shooter. in the. I guess you could say Austin Regional LeBron. But, you know, D'Lo's a great shooter, but he can't be on the court. Same with Beasley. I think you go Schroeder late games. He's not the greatest shooter, you know, so. Yeah. 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 And we had the uh, – so then the game's tomorrow. It's Bulls-Raptors. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week. We put pretty in-depth with the Bulls. Uh, I think we both expect the Raptors to win that game. Um, and then the other game is going to be Thunder-Pelicans. The Pelicans were the top seed for a few weeks, of, like they even were. towards the middle of the season. When they had uh, Zion, Zion. Right? And actually, that's an interesting point. Zion's been out. He's been – he's been the news – I think it was today or yesterday. Basically, say he's Playoffs. he's not coming back. And as there was, and they a quote, say it's because of conditioning. Yeah, exactly. And there was a quote that said that Zion said, "I'm not going to come back until I can be Zion." I think we got to start asking the question: Is this Ben is Simmons I, part two? Yeah, is he? And but I think it's a little bit different because Ben Simmons just got the yips. He just stopped playing basketball. He had a and, huge confidence issue. Yeah, but like Zion, it looks like it's a. Uh, but so Ben had a confidence and a work ethic issue, right? Like, I don't yeah. think he really improved from his rookie season. Like, he... He was just such you know? a great player in his exactly. rookie season. He was such a unique player, I think is a better way to call it. Unique. But, like, in a way, great when you didn't know how... Before that Lee caught up to him. But he didn't really improve, never developed a jump shot, didn't mm -hmm. learn other things, right? Never became... So... I don't think Zion has the yips like Ben Simmons, but I do think he has that kind of weird work ethic issue where it's like, bro, there, like, yeah. why are you not like, why this should be on your mind to come back? Everyone's questioning you right now. I mean, you know, everyone's insane or like, I don't know. I mean, who knows what it looks like, but it, it, if they're, they're framing it as a conditioning issue, which has always been a problem for Zion, you know, and mm -hmm. we don't Coming know. Coming into the like league. That. I mean, it it's was been an issue. since day one, right? Since, since day college, one. since he broke his shoe jumping, right? You yeah. know, like, it wasn't jumping. It was like planting. It was a really, it was kind of a shoe <laughs> just exploded. And ever since then, and I think even before then there was conditioning concern or questions, but I don't think he had never had, I don't think he ever had like a significant injury that, really impacted his ability to play on the court. But ever since then, it's just been injury after injury. It seems like the longest he's played is maybe one or a month, maybe two without. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I can't remember the longest stretch where he hasn't sat out a game and, you know, he, I, he's an incredible player. He's like a, a, a shack of this era kind of offensive player where he's just understands the angle so well and is so strong and fast and like he's finishing at the rim better than Giannis I mean yeah. Grand Giannis has a much higher role I'm not saying he's a better finisher than Giannis I'm just saying it's also 65 percent around the rim I mean it's ridiculous it's just nuts right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly we're talking about a guy who gets to his spots whenever he wants. And like the old thing is to be, oh, just make Zion go right. He can't or go left. He can't go left. And now he can go left. Right. So yeah. people were just saying, wow. Like, you know, we saw some of the best Zion we've ever seen this year. He's starting to play defense yeah. a little bit. It's very sad. But I mean, at this point, I, I don't put any trust in him, you know? Yeah. But he's got it. They got to sign him for a max, right? Yeah. But like, I would take, I would take Draymond Green over him. I would take Jaron Jackson over him. I mean, Jimmy Butler? I might, probably, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Butler over him, right? Yeah. At least if I'm trying to win a game, you know, yeah. I'm not, 
it, 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 but I just think Zion, I really hope to see the maximum of him because he's such a fun, exciting player, but it's, yeah. it's starting to get like, bro. I mean, we said 35% of the game is a mark. He hasn't paid 35% of the games in his career. That's yeah. what you need from Zion minimum to like kind yeah. of give him respect. Yeah. And he's right on the cusp of that for his career. Uh, but on the other side, we have the Thunder who I think are trending on being one of the most exciting teams in basketball right now. Uh, Shea is probably, I think his, he, he, there's a lot of best driver in the league. Uh, he, he has one of the best drive, stop back, drive, stop, fade away from about 14 feet in the league. I don't, it's Kawhi esque. I mean, it's, it's incredible how pretty he makes that look. And he's what 22? 24, I think. 24. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, it's in, he is so slippery and creative. I think he's the best driving guard this year. I think he's got a case for first team. And then he's 90, he's 90% from, from the field, from the free throw line. I mean, if you put him to the line and he's shooting on he volume he, too. And he doesn't even shoot threes because he doesn't have to. He's that good at driving yeah. and hitting those middies, right? Like he's, he's incredible. Uh, quick question before we delve into thunder, who's a better prospect, Josh Giddy or Jalen Williams? Ooh, I think. I think, I mean, I haven't in, watched. In fact, rank all three of them. Add Chet Holmgren in there. Well, we haven't even seen Chet. So I think you have to put Chet last just because okay. we just don't know what he is on the NBA level. Sure. Um, I think we've seen that Giddy can put up stats and we've seen that he can distribute the ball, get boards, and he's a big dude on the court. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's any substitute for putting the ball in the bucket. And it seems that that's what Jalen Williams likes to do. He does it efficiently. He, and uh, he dimes, and he's great defender, right? Like he led the league in, in charges taken as a rookie, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's that. And who was the last person to do that? Probably someone like Lowry or something. I mean, uh, who, if, I'm not. I don't think even when he was a rookie, like he was a weird rookie, right? Kyle Lowry, like Jay. Yeah. I don't know if there's that's that's what we should actually research. How many rookies have led the league in like in if charges any. taken? Yeah, if any. I mean that kid is. Jalen Williams is my favorite player build, like as a big guard who can play up. I mean, they even play him at small ball center sometimes. He's only six foot four, maybe even six foot three and change, but he's got seven two wingspan. He's strong as all hell. He's willing to sacrifice his body on both ends of the court, setting screens. You know, he, he'll be a roller. He'll also be a pick and roll ball handler. He's just so versatile. And that's, I, I think that guy's going to be an all star, potentially a star. So they have a serious. Uh, decision to make: Do they keep Jalen Williams or do they keep Jalen Williams? I suspect they, <laughs> I suspect they keep the Jalen Williams that we're talking about. They have to, they have to get rid of this other Jalen Williams just to avoid All confusion. Jalen Williams <laughs> isn't playing horribly either. Like he's rebounding, hitting threes. You he's know, a forty percent like, three point shooter. As a big man, right? Yeah. So like, uh, there's a lot to like about the other Jalen Williams too. Like, <laughs> true, true. I thought it was a joke at first. Like, oh, we're just gonna have like a little gimmick to sell tickets. Like, oh, the two Jalens. Like, you yeah. know, that I was not expecting the Arkansas Jalen Williams to be an NBA player, and he is. And uh, Mark Denegalt, the head coach of the Thunder, deserves a lot of credit. I think he's getting to play up. Honestly, I am gonna take um, New Orleans in this game. I do think uh, Herb Jones. 
of all the games I've seen Shay, all the matches I've seen Shay struggle against the most, it's Herb Jones. Really? Uh, Herb Jones has great length and it just kind of matches him in terms of size and foot speed. And that's really Shay's like great um I think differentiator is like his weird wiggliness and his like creativity with yeah. his arm like he's so slippery right yeah. like and, Her- and herb jones is kind of like matches that slipperiness on defense and so yeah, i think i like out. yeah I, I mean i think i like unfortunately and also the, i think the thunder won a top 10 pick in the draft i mean you know and so uh, it, it, i that's no, I, not true i think the thunder are gonna play really hard i just and, and i'm not the biggest fan of brandy ingram or cj mccollum i just think it's a they're the more veteran team. Yeah, that's it's a been good here point. Before, and I think that they present a good matchup for Shea. So it's it'll I I still think Nola will take it, but it'll also be a great game. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, and I think moving forward, we could see the Thunder in maybe three years be a top five, top ten team in the league. Assuming Chet, I think even without Chet panning out, they still have a easy path to. I think playoffs moving forward, but if Chet starts playing, panning out, I mean, I think their championship, the sky is sealed. Their ceiling is the sky. The sky is the limit. That's what I'm looking for. I agree a hundred percent. I think in the next five years, there will hundred percent be championship contenders. I think potentially next year, like really package Lou Dort, uh, Josh Giddy, uh, some other salary, get Pascal Siakam. All of a sudden, your starting five is Shea, Jalen Williams, a shooter, Chet, and Siakam. Like, that could be really – I mean, you know, like I just think that could be a really threatening lineup. I, If I'm the Thunder, I probably am looking to trade Giddy. I don't think he fits their current build, especially because Shea and, mm-hmm. and um, Jalen Williams are my two favorite prospects on that team, are the two building blocks, I think, yeah. in that backcourt. You know, there's some idea that you can get Giddy to play four, but I like to play defense at the four a lot. And I don't know. I mean, maybe Giddy's not the person to trade, but they're going to have another high draft pick and they've shown they're really good with talent evaluation. They have some, they have an opportunity to do something. Like they have an opportunity to make a big move. And I think Chad Holmgren, like, I do think once he is established, the floor we're talking about here, the floor we're talking about here is is Miles Turner. Who I think most yeah. teams would covet. Covet. That's the yeah. word I don't know how to covet. pronounce it. Covet. 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 Okay. Yeah. Most teams yeah. would covet. And, and yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, we've seen the impact Walker Kessler's had on the Jazz. Well, Chet Holmgren's Walter, Walker Kessler with a J and a little bit of a handle, right? And yeah. a guy runs in transition, unlike Walter Kessler. So, yeah. you know, I just think he's a, he, he's going to be a special player if healthy. And so I, I, I think this Thunder team, you know, we're, we could be talking about a dynasty potentially with the talent that they have. But... And they've done it before, right? We saw them. They're so good. They got Harden, Westbrook, Katie through the draft. And what did they and do, though? They squandered it. What they traded Harden. Yeah. That was yeah. the mistake. They chose a Bach over Harden, another guy yeah. that drafted a Bach yeah. in the late 20s. And granted, they, they were up 3 1 in the Western Conference Finals. They could have had it, and they just it slipped through their fingers. It. And then we got KD because of it, and the yeah. cast fight. And Steph yeah. Curry was only making eleven million, yeah. with like oh, glass God. ankles on his first I mean, contract. You couldn't, you couldn't. What a perfect it. storm! Yeah. yeah. Uh, now you brought up Siakam. Do you think the Raptors? I think the Raptors, if they are out of the playoffs, the Bulls beat them. I wouldn't be surprised to see them shopping, and I think they're probably already listening. 
But if they lose and they're not in the playoffs, you know, they're probably looking to start trading. If they make the playoffs, do you think that changes and they actually don't no. look to trade? Do you think they're trading? They're looking to trade either way, regardless of what happens. This is barring, my barring like a crazy run to sure. the second or third round of the playoffs. This is my speculation. I think Siakam is the odd man out, right? Scotty Barnes and him kind of play the similar position. They just traded draft capital, significant draft capital for Yacht Pirtle, right? So, like, right. he's their center. One of those guys is going to be the four. The new CBA just came out, and I think you can give veterans a higher extension. So maybe, like, I think now that they can offer OG – like 28 million that you know increasing at 10% a year that may be just enough uh, right uh-huh. you know it's a little bit more than 25 i don't think he would have accepted that 25 but 28 and so they may be able to extend og now with the new collective bargaining agreement um i see them keeping fred van vliet like who else can handle on that team where are they going to get a create you know what i mean he's yeah. literally the only point guard it's either him right. or malachi flynn and, and you we've know, seen we've what seen happens <laughs> how reluctant nick nurse is to play malachi flynn yeah. right and yeah. and they literally have well there's also been so, i mean there's been talk about nick nurse basically not pl- not coaching next year i think that's I think what that's it's, actually, there's the direction that it's trending i i think that's what's gonna i mean he actually said some shit to the media the other day which like i thought was like he's got surprisingly like a value open right yeah. he's just like you know i've been with this organization for 10 years it's been a great run you know yeah. and this year i've struggled to get player buy-in that's you know he was very honest and open with the media but he was almost talking like it was the end he's, yeah, right? he's, yeah, he's he, done. yeah you know and so and i don't blame him right if you lose your player buy-in you know he's a great X's and Co's coach, but like if you lose the player by it, it might be time. It's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Rockets. <laughs> yeah. Nurse. No, I know they. I mean, you know, we've talked about Silas on this show, yeah. basically him being a scapegoat, and yeah. there's a lot of people calling him a terrible coach. And I'm not going to say he's a great coach, but let's be honest, he was basically dealt a shit sandwich, and they're like, make this taste good. And you're like, and not well, only that, day, it's still shit in the sandwich, right? Apparently, he had he didn't even have control over like so like. Apparently, Eric Gordon came to him and wanted more playing time, and he tried to like do it. And they, the Rockets organization shut him down. Apparently, their GM Raphael Stone was like running defensive drills because he was unhappy with how Silas. Like Silas was like he he was he just a coach and name only, yeah, right? Like right, it sounded like right. the GM was like we, basically the we coach. We talked about that immediately. Yeah. I mean, you look at the team, and you're just like, this team is there's no there's literally nobody on this team who would yeah. want to coach this team. Only no. somebody who's they're. You want a, a coach, Silas probably, I suspect Silas is going to be at a assistant coaching job next. For the rest I don't, of his life. Well, I don't, I mean, if he can show success, at, but it's basically. At a, okay, maybe at a college he could be a head coach. Would you ever give that guy an NBA coaching job again? Well, after? No, but at the, again, he was kind of dealt this hand where you're sure. like, you're, you're, you're dealt literally nothing. And you're like, you have to bluff your way to a win. And you yeah. know, everybody knows you have nothing. You know, you have nothing. What do you get? You, there's nothing, nothing you can do. He was just, but following up with that is nurse. Maybe could they're also uh, uh, interviewing Atkinson, and I Good. think there's a couple other assistant coaches out there. Atkinson should be the pick. If if I am if if honestly I'd fire Steve Clifford. I guess Charlotte tried to get him last year, 
any team that gets Victor Wembanyama, I want Kenny Atkinson. Look what he did with yeah. Jared Allen. Look at like yeah. you know what he's done with Karis LeVert. Like he's obviously great with these young players. Spencer Dinwiddie, he made him into an NBA player. So people forget Spencer borderline all star. <laughs> yeah, and he was a borderline. D'Lo was an all star. Yeah, under. yeah, yeah right. True. You know, like he salvaged D'Lo's career, made D'Lo into a max player. Like I mean, it, yeah. Kenny Atkinson is a phenomenal head coach. Nick Nurse is a phenomenal head coach. Back to my just my original point. Yeah, I think they have to keep Van Vliet. They might have enough money to extend OG now. And finally, the, the final piece of that, the uh, the last free agent this year is uh, Gary Trent. Maybe Gary Trent could be out. You know, he seemed to have a, a smaller role since Pirtle's come on. He's the one that's taken to the bench. Um, but I think Siakam, I think they'll trade him because it's like, are we really going to give this guy a super max when we have Scotty yeah. Barnes at the same position and we're a top eight seed? Like, we just can't. So my spec is Siakam is going to be on the trading block this offseason. I think the Warriors might be a player, uh, might be interested in him. Like Jordan Poole mm. for Siakam kind of makes some sense. You know, they yeah. need another ball handler. Yeah. yeah. yeah but be Thunder should look into it too. Yeah. I think, yeah, and you mentioned that earlier, um, bringing Siakam over, that was kind of what prompted this. Um, and it's, so it kind of actually brings up, uh, you know, speaking about Nick nurse, uh, we talked about kid last week a bit, mm -hmm. um, but he basically came out and said, I wanted to pay, play my players. And they told me that I couldn't play my players basically yeah. insinuating that management told me to tank. Um, uh, and we were, and they're going to lose a second round pick for it. Yeah. And they're, and they're, well, they might lose their first round pick this next no. year. No, right. they they won't punish him that hard. They're gonna lose. They're gonna take the. Oh, oh, oh! Pick. You mean in that respect? I mean, um, yeah. oh uh, yeah, they uh, might lo actually lose it if it falls out. That's true. Yeah. So, so it's top ten protected. So they might get this pick this year, but then they'll lose it for next year, right? I think is how it works. So I listened to what Jay Kidd said, and I didn't take like super offense with him. I thought he was just being kind of honest, but not like deliberately. Um, I think that. It, but it wasn't smart. It wasn't like smart in the sense that like you got to be a little bit smarter with your, but I didn't think, I, I guess I just don't have a problem with what's happening and they're going to lose a second round pick, but like Portland tanked way earlier. And Dame Lillard basically said the same thing in the media, which is like, Oh, you know, it was not a realistic chance for me to play in the playoffs. Then, you know, I'm going to get shut down. Right. You yeah. know, and the Mavs said this thing and it's true. And I mean, who knows if, if OKC loses, I, I think the, the way that it could happen is if, um, they have a coin flip, I want to say, with Dallas and with with uh, Utah. And if they lose the coin flip with Utah, there's only a 60% chance they keep it. Um, you know, versus if they win the coin flip, it's like an 80% chance they keep it. But we're all rooting for them not to keep it, basically. Yeah, right. And we've uh, – so you're not taking any kind of – I don't know, we've talked about them probably shutting it down, but you're not taking – It was the any, right move, right? Yeah, like, I mean right. – the, the, I thought about it kind of like, okay, what's the chance they win the first game? Let's say 50% as a 10 seed. Then they have to win another row game, 50%. So now that's a 25% chance. And so that's a 25% chance just to get into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Max 25% chance best. And then you play against the Nuggets, Nuggets right? Yeah. Like when you have no defense and their yeah. offense is even better than yours, right? Yeah, so like, right. so I mean, what what's the percentage they're going to win that sh series? Like, 30 40 maybe so yeah. we're talking about a quarter of 30 percent. so that's what 12 percent chance at making it pass that's when you just start to like okay there's just no realistic for, for what yeah yeah for what for, and for we what? can actually keep an asset to help luca in the long run it was the right move you know all things considered they have a shot now at victor women yamba only a three percent shot at him but 
They have a shot at Scoot. Yeah, they have a shot at Scoot, you know, Henderson, shot at Brandon Miller, and potentially, at the very least, they can keep their pick and get a nice youngster to hopefully package, right? They need to try to, you know, Siaka might be the fit there. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll see. Uh, so I kind of want to switch gears a little bit here and sure. um, we're, I think we're coming up on about 40 minutes into the show. So it's probably going to be some of the last couple of topics, sure, sure. Um, but it, considering the season's over now, um, 2022, 2023 NBA season's over starting uh, playoffs today. What was your single biggest surprise uh, for the season? And that can be a team playing really, I know this is like kind of out of, out of left field. So yeah, take no, a second. Totally. Um, but we have teams like the Kings and the Cavaliers and the Knicks playing really well, good basketball. We had some extremely massive trades, some of the biggest, one of the biggest trade deadlines I think we've seen in a long time. Ever, right? I mean, uh, the biggest player since Will Chamberlain to get traded at a deadline. Right, right? with KD. KD. We've seen a possible three-peat for MVP. It's looking like it's not going to happen. I think there was there was a huge push. I don't know. I don't know who... Embiid was paying, but there was huge narrative being pushed. Once everybody yeah. said Jokic is the MVP for third year, everybody was like, hold up. That exactly. can't happen. That's Everyone not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, everybody was really pissed off. But there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of I think, storylines this year. Anything that really stood out to you? Um, just Or maybe like you one of your top three st- uh, storylines. You kind of hit on it. I think the Kings are the biggest surprise of this year. I expected it to be a top five, top 10 defense offense going into the season. I did not expect them to be a top 15 defense like they were. And I think it's a lot of luck, if I'm being honest. Like, I know I'm a Sabonis hater. He might even get third team all NBA this year. Like, so you can say he's a top three center at that point. Kings fans have at it, you know. But, um, I, they that team's been really healthy all this year, and and they've got and Mike Brown's been an incredible head coach who's gotten a great team buy-in. They did a good job acquiring great shooters around the fringes and Monk and Werder, um, but they have to be the biggest for me. And I don't think, I mean, I I have Golden State beating them in the first round. I just I'm very happy for them. De'Aaron Fox that was the best in clutch time. He will probably win the clutch time award this year whatever it's called that, that, yeah but that that has to be the number one surprise and to some extent fluky like at the atlanta hawks making the eastern conference finals fluky yeah to me. like it's like right. yeah they did it but you know and, and i'm really happy and the beam was you know honestly the person who invented the beam the marketing executive should probably get executive of the year over any gm right like yeah the beam is fucking awesome right yeah, you know right. i don't know if they can give it to a marketing executive for executive <laughs> of the year but like i would actually yeah. for that in Sacramento. Yeah. um and hey, mike, uh, mike brown's looking like he's gonna get coach of the year at least he's uh based on some of this these confirmed ballots that we're looking at uh he's yeah. pretty much running away with it which i think is Extremely valid. It's pretty I fair. I think yeah. he, he did a great job this season. And, you know, I'd probably give it to, you know, Finch or Denigal, uh, the, the Thunder or the Timberwolves coach for what they did given. I guess you can't give it to Finch, but uh, I agree. Mike Brown's, I, you know, some of his replays are questionable. And, like, you could see at the beginning he was playing his veterans way too much, like Casey Oak, Paula, and players yeah. like that, you know. But he came around and he installed one of the best offenses. And more importantly, he's gotten this Kings team, who is pretty terrible as individually, to play defense, like a good team defense that really kind of hides their flaws. Like, I've seen, like, first the 
Clippers, granted, they gave up like 190 points that night to the Clippers. They were triple switching. It was pretty nuts. Like, yeah. Mike, Mike Brown is a, is a great coach, and he got even better playing under Steve Curry. He was always a good coach, right? I yeah. think he's even better now. I mean, they're playing Keegan Murray, uh, Hoiter for almost 30 minutes a game, and Malik Monk for 22 minutes a game. And they somehow have a top 15 defense, which is just – I mean, it's a testament, and we've seen also – what happened and to the so Warriors? Bonus is a bad defender yeah. too, right? And we've Fox seen what happened. To the, yeah, and we've seen what happened to the Warriors' defense this year with Mike Brown leaving, where it is certainly not their calling card like it has been during their other championship. We runs. would have had the worst defense in the league if it wasn't for Draymond Green. I still think we were like twenty third or something bad, right? Or like we would have been absolutely zero if it wasn't for Draymond Green's both paint deterrence as well as. Uh, ability to make people not hit shots in the paint it's pretty nuts for a six foot six guy i think he must get away with extra contact under the rim or something right oh, like yeah he's guys he's a he's a master at hiding the hands Every, i mean yeah. he is he even got a couple of first place uh defensive player of the year votes uh which actually brings up another kind of interesting development in that evan mobley is actually getting a bunch of defensive player of the year votes uh, it looks like Jaron Jackson has the lead right now. Um, yeah. Again, to, totally based on kind of the spreadsheet that we're seeing. That's It's a compilation of confirmed votes and speculative votes where we think people are voting a certain way based off voting history or what they've said over the mm -hmm. year. Um, but Evan Mobley and Brooke Lopez are tied for second right now. Um, I don't think, I don't know if surprised is the right word, or, or I guess maybe, it, I guess it is, it's not surprising that he is being recognized for his defense, but are you surprised at all that it's happening so soon? Um, no, I guess I would disagree with him being like, first of all, it's actually really strange, like phenomenon. And it's only like by a point in each direction, but like the Cavs have, I think the best defensive rating in the league. Right. But then when you take uh, Mobley off, it goes down even further and then, or sorry, when you take Allen off, it goes down even further. And then when you take Mobley out, put in Allen, it's the lowest. So they have like a 107 or 106 defensive rating with Allen there. So Allen, you can make a case for it have been more important the you know regular season defense of the Cavs this year than than Mobley. But I mean, I guess they're just different bears. What do they call Allen? Uh, Midwest Rudy Gobert, poor man's Rudy Gobert, right? Like you know. It, Mobley's an exceptional defender. I mean, he has been since day one. People were saying he's the best defensive rookie since either Anthony Davis or Tim Duncan, and probably true. I mean, depending on what you view of your wing defense. I mean, I, I feel similarly about Matisse Thiable, but I guess you can make the case. It's just different because it's not deterrent. Like, paint shots are the hardest thing, right? Or the, the most efficient shots, and whoever's deterring those, it's the most important. I, I'm not surprised by Mobley's defensive assertions. I think he's going to be a defensive player of the winner eventually like his defense is phenomenal um i think that the Cavs are going to win the first round matchup i think he's a better defensive player than julius randall is an offensive player and i like that matchup although mm. i do think randall can kind of bully him with his size a little so you know there's something to be seen there um and i think eventually mobley can anchor a defense and i do think that mobley has unfortunately suffered uh he he might even be higher in my eyes i think there's like a opponent field goal percentage against him with him on the floor is like 40%. So he's actually gone unlucky, right? That's why, you know, it's even better when he's off the floor because Allen's there because the opponent three-point percentage drops. So 
Mobley might even be better than we realize if we take out defensive rating because the inflated threes made against him. I just think he's a very special player and eventually could anchor defense, but I'm not willing to give him this year. I think Bam Adebayo and Draymond Green were much more important to their teams, or even Jaron Jackson and Brooke Lopez, for that matter, were much more important to their team's defensive schematics than than Mobley. Though Mobley is an anchor on that team and the reason, one of the reasons behind that team's top uh, top defense. Yeah, they're 20 games over 500. I mean, the uh, them, I think it was. I think you could argue there is an argument to be made that the Cavaliers move to get Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. probably one of the most impactual of any team outside do, of what we think, talked about with the Kings. Do you think Kobe Altman gets GM of the ooh, That's actually interesting. Who would you give uh, executive of the year to? Would you give it to Danny Ainge for all those trades he did or Kobe Altman for getting Donovan Mitchell? Um, it's a hard one. Yeah, I think – I mean, the Cavs, I think, is a very reasonable choice, um, especially considering the moves that they've been making. I mean, I guess you can't consider last year's moves, mm-hmm. um, but they've been wheeling and dealing over the last couple of years. And they've been in a, they were in a tough spot because they had they were with LeBron and then they were with Kyrie, and they basically got nothing for either of those guys. Or they got a pick, Colin they got a Sexton that turned yeah. into Colin Sexton. Yeah, he's no longer even with the team, right? Yeah, and he's hardly even playing on the on the Jazz. jazz. I think he's hurt so, though. I yeah, mean, I mean, he's been off and on, but sure, sure. point, point, you know, the case in point right there. But they've been wheeling and dealing and really making a lot of moves. I mean, they traded away. Didn't they trade away Lavert just to get him back or something? There was this, there was some weird thing, shenanigans going on where they traded guys no. away and ended up getting him back. And Right? Isn't that exactly what – or no, sorry. He was in the Jared Allen trade, and then they, they got Jared Allen and Lavert – Lever was still on the Nets at that point, but was in that trade that sent Jaron Allen to Cleveland, and then they went out and got Levert again. Right. So they've been kind of – I don't know if Moneyball is really the right term, but they've been is it like piecing together this team over the last couple of years. I think they took a late first-round pick into Jared Allen. They, yeah, I right, agree. They've right. been finding good talent around the fringes. And then they managed to get the blockbuster trade with Donovan Mitchell. And I don't – what did they give up for Mitchell? I mean, they were kind of like – Four first, Oche Abaji. They did give up Markkanen, right? You know, right. Markkanen, but Markkanen was another player they got around the fringes, right? That was an right. excellent acquisition by them to give up a yeah. protected first round pick for what looks like an all NBA player this year, right? A top 15 player. Maybe he's yeah. not top 15. He's probably closer to top 30. But, yeah. Top, you know, top but 25 still, minimum. Yeah. To get that for a, a protected future first round pick, it's excellent. And that propelled them to get Donovan Mitchell, right? So yeah. all these. Yeah have to give Kobe all I I probably put Danny Ainge as my executive of the year I think he did a great job in in um, Dallas I probably put Tim Connolly as my failure executive of the year you know for the Gobert trade yeah yeah uh, but I will say I put I think Altman probably deserves second or even consideration for first for GM of the year they did a great job they went to Dean Way when Kevin Love was washed they weren't afraid to say no to their veterans like yeah. you know the, this team seems to be bought in Garland is even though he struggled on his short shots has been excellent all over the place passing and hitting his his jumpers uh, there's a lot to like in Cleveland they're they're a team on the come up yeah and bigger staff too I think has been a great coach great for them coach. Uh, great he, fit too. Yeah, really. It's talk about buy-in. I mean, he has their them playing um, arguably some of the best. I mean, not even arguably the best Cavs basketball we've seen post LeBron in 
pre-LeBron. <laughs> Basically, and outside of great, LeBron. <laughs> and he's a great fit for them because he's used to coaching big, right? Like, he coached Gasol, Randolph, Chandler Parsons, and all those big Grizzly teams, right? Like, And they're like, all right, we're going to go Allen Mobley. Bigger staff's yeah. a great fit for that. It seems like a team with a lot of intention, right? A team that they, they they built their 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 personnel to fit a style of basketball that they want to play that they think can work, and clearly it works. Agreed. All right, so we got the – it looks like the game is final. The Hawks won by 11, so the Hawks are going on to play the, um, the Celtics, which – Prediction for that four one, is that probably generous? I don't know. You never put it past Quinn Snyder. I mean, I gotta look at the stats of this game. Are the Hawks shooting more threes finally? I, mean, I just don't know. But I, yeah, I mean, I think you could say sweep or gentleman sweep is the most logical outcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that means the Heat are going to play the loser of the Raptors uh, Bulls game. Um, so any any part, part, uh, parting thoughts? Uh, before we head out for the uh, this edition of Lost the Handle, do you think the Heat could give the Bucks any trouble? You know they've beat the Bucks in the playoffs in the past to get into the championship, right? Uh, do you think there's any any truth to that, or just like no, this is not the same Heat's team? Uh, they're they're missing something. There's there's some fire. Maybe it's just not playing well at the wrong you know the wrong time. Uh, their players are just not. You know, like we talked about earlier, the role players just aren't quite there. But I think, you know, we've talked about Bam. While Bam has had the stats, I think there's an argument to be made that it's actually been one of his worst seasons. Um, he's had, I think, good play sometimes, but I think his turnovers are up. His efficiency's been yeah. down a little bit. His I passing's think, down, right? Yeah. They don't do the dribble handoffs anymore, and the turnovers went up. Yeah. He can't carry an offense. He's not a number two on the offense. Right, and... Lowry had a good game today, but I think they're. I think what they're fishing for is a, a partner in crime for Butler. Is what they really yeah. need if they really want to make a move. And I don't know if that's going to be Hero. I don't think they could do anything with against the Bucks to answer your question. I think they would yeah. probably four two, and I think that would be a miracle if they could take yeah. two games off the Bucks. Maybe Hero for Siakam, but it would... <laughs> they they love trading each other. Maybe they yes. Yeah. Maybe they pass Lowry back to, uh, to yeah. the Raptors or something. I mean, they need a point guard. They need something. And yeah. another person to handle the ball there. So yeah. you never know. Yeah. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening to this uh, first or uh, kicking off the NBA playoffs, uh, uh, 2023 NBA playoffs. It'll be really awesome coming up. Um, I don't. I think they play we got the next games tomorrow. The first, uh, the first round of the playoffs starts on Friday, or I think it's Friday or Saturday. I know I'm going to be watching the Warriors Kings 5:30 on Saturday. Super stoked for that. Um, so everybody, tune in next week, and we're going to have all of our hot takes, and we're going to be crowning a champion next week based off of one game and the NBA playoffs. <laughs> going to happen. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody. Take care.